the largest conservative event in America is coming up this December in Phoenix, Arizona. It's December 18th to the 21st. Tickets are going fast. So go to tpusa.com backslash AmericaFest. Get yours today. You don't want to miss this thing out. You see myself, you got Tucker, Charlie Kirk is going to be there. Congressman Gates, Congressman Donalds, Boebert, James O'Keefe, Congressman Biggs, Nunez, et cetera, et cetera. We've also got huge country music stars, Brantley Gilbert, Ray Lynn, Russell Dickerson, Lee Greenwood, Adam Doliak, DJ Silver, Dustin Lynch. Use promo code P POSO, capital P-O-S-O, -O, at checkout for up to 25% off, and I will see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition, Human Events Daily. Last night, there was a fatal mass murder at a Wisconsin Christmas parade. We'll discuss this. Second, protests and looting in multiple cities after the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Third, Hunter Biden's firm has helped the CCP purchase a cobalt mine in Africa. And fourth, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial for sex trafficking will begin next week. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. A mass murder just took place at a Christmas parade in America's heartland, the Midwest, Waukesha, Wisconsin. On these videos which came out that are absolutely horrific, you can see a driver of a red SUV plowing through the parade. We're told that children, as well as members of an, uh, a group called the Dancing Grannies, were killed in this event and many injured. It's actually so bad that we don't even know at the time of this recording how many casualties there have been. This was an act of mass murder. The suspect in the case is named Daryl E. Brooks. He has an extensive rap sheet. In fact, not only does he have an extensive rap sheet, he is currently awaiting trial on other violent charges. But the issue is, he's out on bond. What does that mean? Have you heard of bail reform? They've been talking about bail reform, and this has been something that's been sweeping our country for about five years now. Politicians of both parties have become soft on crime. They ended three strikes. They ended bail for violent criminals. And so, this is the situation we get. Most of the videos are so horrific that, frankly, we can't even play them. Go on social media, you can see them if you so choose. We'll show you one quick one that is a little bit more PG-13 for now. Violent criminals should not be left on the street, period. This is a guy who had a rap sheet a mile long, multiple states. But there is a DA in Milwaukee, where this guy is from, who has been linked to a certain Hungarian billionaire that I think you all know, the same way that many other of these criminal justice reform DAs around the country are. I've talked about this at length, get out of cities. But now the violence from the cities is spilling out into the suburbs. I understand, and I was looking at the stories for today, 
A lot of these stories are downers. But here's the thing, folks. You have to face these structural problems in our society head on. You have to face them with clarity and you have to face them with open eyes. We've tried the bleeding heart path on crime. Both parties, I just said it a minute ago, have gotten completely soft on crime. They think it's woke, right? You see these uh, conservatives say, oh, it's woke to say, I don't support three strikes, or I, don't, I support bail reform, I support this, I support that. I've talked before about how Kim Kardashian and the Innocence Fraud Project has been helping violent criminals and murderers get off. Right, they just had this one down in Oklahoma where a murderer just had a sentence commuted because Kim Kardashian and others came in on his behalf. Understanding where the problems are in our society, viewing them head on, and having a firm reliance on the values that made us who we are, relying on God and relying on our faith is how we take a look at this broken country that we have and decide that it's time to move forward. Ladies and gentlemen, and, and we're going to talk about this throughout the day as we go through the stories today. This is what rock bottom looks like. When as a society, you've completely crumbled. You've got to the point now where there are innocent children at a Christmas parade lying in the street, medevac to the hospital. We don't know if they're going to live. When are you going to wake up? When is enough enough? When you hit a rock bottom moment, the purpose of that is to slap you in the face with reality and tell you it's too much. We need to change. We need to realize that we live in a real world that has real consequences. And even if you had the best of intentions for going soft on crime and soft on criminals, that doesn't change human nature, that doesn't change criminal behavior, and that it, your intentions aren't going to do anything for the people that are lying dead in Waukesha tonight. Think about their families. If you want to be pro-life, you need to be hard on murderers and crime. Well, they wanted to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse crossing state lines, but over this weekend, there was something else that crossed state lines, crime, right? You had a massive crime wave, wave over the weekend, looting, attacks on stores, and as well as protests in other cities, not criminal, but you did have protests in other cities calling for crime, like in New York City, in the wake of the Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty verdict, in the wake of his acquittal, after we had all seen on video that he was clearly acting in self-defense. And the 12 members of that jury came out and had that specific uh, response to it. So we're gonna go in and watch a montage of these videos. But I wanna talk about specifically the one that took place in San Francisco, because this is, this is insane. 80 looters in ski masks ransacked a Bay Area Nordstrom, and this is the Daily Mail headline, and filled 25 cars with designer goods in a one-minute raid. You think that's spontaneous, folks? No, that's called a gang. You know, we used to have this thing in this country called um, police forces and crime task forces that would, you know, do something about this. But in these cities, uh, like Milwaukee, like San Francisco, so many others, you've got these DAs that run 
on these woke criminal justice and bail reform issues. Oh, we're not going to lock up someone if they do this. And oh, you know, we're just going to be helpful. We're going to be bleeding heart. Chesapeake Boudin, this guy out in Milwaukee, Krasner in Philadelphia, so many others. So crime becomes legal. They let it happen. They're not going to go after it. So go and take a look at this montage of what's going on in cities this past weekend. understand how powerful people are when they come together right, right. to tear down capitalism. Right. Because that is what we are here for, to tear down capitalism. Right. Police Bureau, to those gathered here to the Justice Center, declaring riot, all persons... Caught in 4K. Oh, fuck, it's got two masks. So there's a phrase for this, right? There's a phrase that people have been using to describe the kind of society that we have now. It's called anarcho-tyranny. Anarcho-tyranny, right? It seems like two separate things. How could you have anarchy and tyranny? Aren't they uh, the opposite things, right? Isn't anarchy the absence of law and tyranny is totalitarian? So how do you have both, right? Well, it's simple, right? Because we live in a society now where you could be thrown off a plane if your toddler doesn't wear a mask or if his mask falls, you know, below the nose, or, you know, you're not putting it back in between bites. You can be thrown off a plane. You could be rejected from going into certain restaurants. You can't even sit down in places like, by the way, San Francisco, where I just was, you couldn't even sit down inside a restaurant unless you had a vaccine uh, for the COVID-19 vaccine. It's never happened to anyone before, but they said, we need to check your medical status before you're allowed to eat in our restaurant. Oh no, you guys have to sit outside. But then the anarchy part comes in because then that same restaurant, and we went to the Chinatown in San Francisco because I wanted to practice my Mandarin, Tanya speaks Mandarin, we wanted to practice. All of Chinatown in San Francisco was shut down at 7 p.m. So first you have to have a vax to sit down, but then they shut down at 7 p.m. because the crime, 
because nothing's going on about it. So they're shut down, bars over all the windows, bars over all the doors. This is what anarcho-tyranny means. You have the tyranny of prosecuting you and going after you and cracking down on, you know, COVID-19 and the medical tyranny, but the anarchy of we're going to allow violent criminals to do whatever they want, to get away with it, to not charge them. And then even if they are arrested, like we saw in this one video, they're put right back out on the streets. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what rock bottom looks like. So as rock bottom continues, because that's where you're at, America, and I want you to embrace it, embrace the suck. This is rock bottom America. As our cities are being looted by petty criminals, as mass murderers are going and attacking Christmas parades in Wisconsin, you've also got our political leaders and their families looting our country. From Daily Mail, Hunter Biden's private equity firm helped Chinese conglomerate buy American-owned cobalt mine, that's a rare earth mineral, in $3.8 billion deal. The purchase helps the Chinese company gain the world's largest deposit of precious metal used to make batteries for electric vehicles. So you know all those vehicles, the electric vehicles, Tesla, Elon Musk, everything the government is pushing for, these electric cars, where do you think the batteries come from for all that stuff? It's cobalt. And China understands this, the CCP understands this. They know that if you want to make those things, if that's the market that's been being artificially created in Western countries, then the way to get in on that is to purchase up all the precursor rare earth minerals, rare earth elements that are used in the construction of these electric cars. So what do they do? They get the President of the United States' son to help them fund a deal to get those elements. We, we have such a stupid, our leader, I would say that our leaders are stupid, but in some cases, you have to question yourself and you say, are they stupid or do they know exactly what they're doing? They're letting our country fall apart while they loot the country from the top down. They're looting it. They are stripping the copper wire right from the walls of the United States of America, and they're going to leave the American people with nothing. They want you to be serfs. They want you not even to be able to defend yourself when the mob comes to your town and starts burning down businesses. Go listen to Hunter Biden, because remember, a year ago, we had the tape, we had the laptop, we had everything on this guy, and we put it out publicly for the American people, and they told you not to listen to it. Well, listen to what Hunter Biden said in his own words about working with the spy chief of China. I get calls from my father, to tell me that the New York Times is calling, but my old partner, Eric, who literally has done me harm for I don't know how long, is the one taking the calls because my father will not stop sending the calls to Eric. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrick Coe, the spy chief of China, who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, found it, and is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to be, build the largest LNG port in the world. And, I am receiving calls from the Southern District of New York 
from the U.S. Attorney himself. My best friend in business, Devin, has named me as a witness without telling me. In a criminal case, and my father. So you get it, folks, right? This is a payoff. Robbing Peter to pay Paul. They rob the American people. First, they tell you that you have to use electric cars and everything's got to be switched over. And then state governors come in and say, you know, X amount of cars need to be switched over by this date. They're already doing that in California, by the way. And then they come in and say, okay, you have to build the cars this way. What's the way to build them as cobalt? So then the CCP understands that and they say, okay, well, we go to Africa. We use debt trap diplomacy to take over their country effectively. And then we use the financing from the son of the American president's firm to come in, buy the cobalt mine, fund the American projects for these electric cars, and stupid rich liberals are the ones consuming all of this. You're at rock bottom, America. You're at absolute rock bottom. And I wish I could say I wish I could say that things were about to get better, but I don't think so. I don't think we're quite there yet because I don't know if enough people see it. So you're gonna be here for a little bit longer. So continue, continue to embrace the suck. Jeffrey Epstein, whatever happened to that guy? He went to prison, he was charged, he died, and then the whole story just seemed to kind of go away. Nobody talked about who Jeff, and we know what Jeffrey Epstein was into. It was sex trafficking, and it was underage sex trafficking. We know about the island, Lolita Express, the airplane that he used to funnel people down there, Little St. James on Epstein Island. But the real question was, the biggest question on everyone's mind, who were his clients? Who was on the Epstein client list? Who was in the Epstein black book? This is incredibly important to us because we can see we can see Epstein's ties to so many rich, powerful, influential American and Western leaders. And we ask the question, how was it that this guy was able to gain so much access to all of this? Well, he's gone and we can't question him about it. But his accomplice, Ghislaine Maxwell, she's still around and she's going on trial. It starts next week. Here's a clip from it from MSNBC, because I told you before, I love MSNBC. Tom, what kind of evidence are we expecting to see during this trial? Because I'm focused. Uh, of course, Stephanie. So obviously we're going to hear testimony from the victims, the four underage victims that have been uh, mentioned in this indictment. We're going to get travel records because one of the charges, a couple of the charges have to refer to uh, enticing these minors uh, to cross state lines for the purposes of sex. We also expect to see a video from Jeffrey Epstein's residence. We're actually going to go inside his house when local law enforcement searched it in the mid 2000s. And then there's this. It's the infamous Jeffrey Epstein black book. Federal prosecutors Prosecutors are trying to get this black book uh, into evidence. They say that they will have a way of authenticating it. Uh, the defense doesn't want it in there, but they say we'll help them prove these charges against Maxwell. So those are just some of the things that we expect uh, prosecutors to uh, show at this trial to be able to try and uh, convict uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. NPR actually has a fairly decent write-up of this. Jury selection in the federal sex trafficking trial for Ghislaine Maxwell got underway Tuesday in a Manhattan courtroom. 
Judge Allison Nathan questioned potential jurors about the case, looking to winnow down a jury pool of hundreds of people into a panel that will hear charges that Maxwell helped Jeffrey Epstein sexually abuse minors as young as 14. Maxwell, 59, has pled not guilty. She's accused of luring minors and young women into Epstein's orbit from the 1990s into the early 2000s, grooming them for sexual abuse and sometimes participating in sexual encounters himself, herself. Jury selection is expected to be a lengthy process. There are sketches on this, but one of the most intriguing elements of the trial is the role to be played by what prosecutors say is Maxwell's book of contacts, an item that has long fascinated watchers of the case. Epstein and Maxwell moved among the world's wealthy elite, and they were accused of arranging sexual massages and other encounters that paired girls and young women with elder, older men. The questions about this black book which was acquired by the FBI all the way back in 2009. The FBI has had this thing since 2009. They took it from his Palm Beach residence. They took it, actually it was a butler that turned it over. They were trying to blow this whistle on these, this guy a decade prior. And yet, he was allowed to continue for years and years until charges were finally brought. To understand the amount of players that protected Jeffrey Epstein for so many years, and to understand the amount of access and the amount of influence that he had over our government tells you something that a lot of people want to keep secret about the way the system in the United States works. See what we find out. That's all the time we have for today on Human Events Daily, where we give you not the news that you wanna hear, but the news that you need to know. This is information, not indoctrination. Kyle Rittenhouse, the verdict was the correct one, but we still have a lot of problems in this society, and that's why this show, this podcast, will always be the ones to tell you the truth. We're not gonna paint a rosy picture for you. We're gonna give you the truth and nothing but. So that's why now, more than ever, you need to be the influence agent, share this out with your normie friends, leave us your five-star review, be the person that sends this truth and these facts out into the world. But before we go, it's time for today's moment of history. November 22nd, 1963, the assassination of JFK, our 35th president. Everybody remembers or has heard about that horrific assassination and that terrible dark day. Ladies and gentlemen, you have permission to lay ashore.